Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey there, are you ready to elevate your personal brand or company? Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for video content and audience building. Imagine growing your brand organically on social media without the hassle of editing videos for hours. With Viral Growth, it's a breeze. They handle the brainstorming, scripting, and editing while you simply just hit record. And don't worry about your niche. They cater to everyone, from business and marketing to health and wellness. Are you ready to make waves in the social media realm? Visit viralgrowth.io and use code ADWEEK, that's A-D-W-E-E-K, all lowercase, and get 10% off your plan. On today's episode, we're speaking with creator Jazz O'Hara, a motivational speaker, podcaster, and founder of the Worldwide Tribe. The Worldwide Tribe is an organization and online community dedicated to supporting and bringing attention to the plight of refugees and asylum seekers globally. Jazz and her team use social media to raise awareness and advocacy by providing an alternative narrative about the human side of migration, amplifying the voices of those impacted and working towards creating a more inclusive and just world. As she notes, the digital space offers unprecedented opportunities to create change and make a difference. Jazz's work is a powerful reminder of the impact that creators and social justice advocates can have in building a more inclusive and equitable world. So let's welcome Jazz O'Hara to the show and hear more about her inspiring journey. This interview was recorded in September 2022 and refers to events occurring at the time. I'm very proud of what you're doing. Smile for 15 seconds out of day and make the world a better place. Welcome to Everything is Better with Creators, brought to you by Whaler. Join us as we dive into the latest trends, news, and strategies shaping the creator economy. Welcome to Everything is Better with Creators. In this episode, I speak to British human rights activist, founder of the Worldwide Tribe, and social content creator, Jazz O'Hara. Welcome, Jazz, to the podcast. How are you today? Thank you, Emma. It's such a pleasure to be here and to have this chat with you. And yeah, I'm doing good. Thank you. It's been a while since I've seen you, Jazz, and I I know you've been extremely busy. I think to set the scene, just for anyone that maybe hasn't followed you or doesn't follow the Worldwide Tribe, could you tell us a little bit bit more about it and the mission generally? Of course I can. So the Worldwide Tribe is an online community. That's how I always describe it, because It kind of grew very organically through social media and it's a place full of people who support refugees and asylum seekers and shares information about migration. So we do so with lots of storytelling, awareness and advocacy. We make films. I give talks in schools and universities. We have a podcast as well. Uh, The podcast is called Asylum Speakers. And the idea behind this community and this information that we're sharing is to provide an alternative story, to provide 
a little bit more information about the human side of migration and to unpick some of the kind of fear-based narratives that we really feel that I've been moving around. It's incredible, Jazz. I mean, I, I've been following the Worldwide Tribe now uh, from the very early days that you set it up. And actually, it's a real source, I think, for many of information about what's happening globally with, with current events. I, I know you mentioned, actually, we, we were exchanging some emails last night that uh, the Instagram's obviously blown up in the last, especially uh, with the recent news of what's been happening in Iran. Um, could you take us through a little bit more about that? What's what's happening? And then how does your community respond to that? How does that play out with the worldwide tribe and the, the people that you engage? Yes, absolutely. It's really interesting how there are these moments. I've been doing this work for seven years and I rarely uh, have these moments in time. Today is one of them where people are engaged and listening and very much um, sharing and connecting with our content. And of course, you know, it does happen um, and it's really wonderful when it does, but there are kind of these pivotal moments that I can remember, for example, when everything was uh, unfolding in Afghanistan and in uh, Ukraine earlier this year. Um, And in the last few days, it's been really wonderful to see how the community has come together in support of what's been happening in Iran. So off the back of this horrible death of this young girl, this 22-year-old Kurdish girl, Masa Amini, um, for not wearing her hijab or not complying to the uh, strict dress code in Iran. There have been protests, and I'm not sure when this episode will go out, but hopefully it will still be in the news, because what happens is, uh, in these moments, I guess, all we can do is, is, is take this issue and use it as a catalyst to create the impact that we want to have for, in this case, women's rights and women's liberation and the right to choose and the right to wear what we want to wear and be where we want to be and live where we want to live. And that's very much what the World Wide Tribe is about, is about the freedom to express ourselves and to be where we want to be in this world and to reach our potential. And so, yeah, the last few days have been really overwhelming, Emma. And yeah, I know I mentioned it to you last night because we put together a a post about an, an overview of what's been happening and, and what we can do uh, from afar, whether that be amplify voices, share stories, embark in these open, honest conversations about what's happening. And when we do that, the response is really, really incredible. It just really shows to me the power of social media and how when we do come together, you know, we really can have a lot of reach um, when it comes to yeah, these horrible moments turning them into like okay how can we use this to further our mission for for something better yeah and do you feel a sense of impact jazz with the work you're doing you know what do what do some of the people in your community say what do they do have you seen actions being taken i mean what you know obviously you know where what what have you seen in terms of sort of community action if you like for some of these extremely important issues that you you know you you bring to surface in in such an engaging way actually in in a way that people really understand um what what have you seen from a kind of community action perspective well sometimes these things are not so tangible but I get a lot of anecdotal evidence and messages from people saying you know I didn't know about this until I read this post or I listened to this podcast episode or maybe it's my dad or my grandma had a different uh, idea of immigration or a view on immigration until I shared this post with them or this story with them that I heard on the podcast. And those 
anecdotes are definitely what keeps me going. And I guess that's really the reason behind what I do as well. And I guess I can give you a little bit of a, a backstory, a bit of context, because the drive and my reason why, when it comes to why this all came to be, um, is quite a personal one. And it all started about seven years ago when my mum and dad uh, first started fostering uh, an Eritrean boy, uh, a boy from from East Africa, a country that I'd actually never heard of at the time. I didn't know anything about immigration or asylum or refugees. I was very naive to what was happening in, for example, Eritrea. And uh, so my mum and dad had just gone through this long fostering journey and they um, were accepted as foster parents. And my little brother, Mez, uh, joined our family in the summer of 2015. And it was his story and how different his reality was from the way that his journey was portrayed in the media and the journeys of people like him that really sparked my desire to want to, to tell a little bit of a different story. And now Mez and I give lots of talks in schools together. You know, he's been on a, a crazy journey since he's been in the UK. He's learned English. He did his GCSEs. He's got a job. He's, uh, all, you know, was voted prom king. He's had an incredible seven years of, of change and integration. And now we often give talks together. And I recognize that when students hear his story, it really is a transitional moment for them because instead of hearing the word refugee or asylum seeker and not having a face to put to that word or it feeling quite far away, they can think about mares and meeting somebody uh, with a lived experience of migration in this way, I think is, is hugely, hugely impactful that, you know, the discrimination or the prejudice that we feel often comes from a lack of education or awareness. So that's really what we're trying to tackle. Try and get every kid in the UK, every student to have met somebody with a refugee background. Yeah, and actually it was funny. I listened to your podcast. I think you did a podcast with your mum, right? Yeah. <laughs> and it was talking about that journey, that adoption journey. And then, you know, when he arrived and then the fact that you, you know, whether it was the different food and his journey in terms of, just integrating into your family and school and life. And, you know, it's such an inspiring story because I think your, um, your parents have, they've adopted three, um, they adopted three children, right? They've got four. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm actually in that house right now. I'm at my mum and dad's house and it's really lovely because I'm writing a book at the moment. I've got so much to tell you actually, but I'm writing this book and it talks a lot about the people that I've met along this journey. And it's really lovely to be in the house where it kind of all began um, and with three of my brothers that still live at home, three of my foster brothers, because there are so many day to day interactions and moments from which I learn from them, the way that they see our culture and the way that we live through their eyes and with a different perspective has been such a huge learning curve for me and um, continues to be a massive inspiration and the reason why I'm, I'm doing what I'm doing. And I think what I love, um, Jazz, what you do is very much about, you know, bringing these stories and making sure people, this, these are, we're talking about human beings. And as you say, these lived experiences, it was interesting, actually, I thought of you the other week because I watched a film called Flea. Have you seen that? No, I haven't. I think it's it's won a lot of awards, but it's modelled around it's it's about a 
um, a family, you know, having to leave Afghanistan and that journey and, you know, the human trafficking and the experience that they have just simply trying to leave somewhere that they are, you know, in danger. And I, I, I just think so many people don't see that. They don't recognize that kind of fear and that, you know, you, you come from somewhere and then you come, have to come from somewhere else and be someone different. And, um, I, I think that gets lost sometimes. So it's incredible to see, you know, for me watching films like that and looking at what you do and following you and the work that you do, it's, 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 it's incredibly important. I mean, you, you mentioned about your family, um, Jazz, and, you know, your foster brothers and, and you know, were, were there any other stepping stones that sort of led you to this, you know, in terms of your origin story? And when you think about that, just in terms of who you are or other things that influenced you to kind of really become such a kind of activist, a protagonist in this space? You know, that's a really interesting question because I've been delving deeper into that in recent years and I always answer the question when people ask me why I do what I do or the reason why behind this was always my four little brothers and they're from Eritrea, Sudan, Afghanistan and Libya and they've all had these crazy journeys across the world, across the Sahara and lived in camps and lived in the Calais jungle and across the Mediterranean and you know, it felt so unjust that they had to go through those experiences to live the life that you or I were kind of born into, right? The, the freedom to go to school and to get an education and to uh, get a job and to just to just be somewhere. And for me, that felt like, OK, that makes sense. This is the reason why I feel that injustice and I feel so uh, acutely kind of aware of the privilege that I have of going to Calais and coming back in the comfort of my car with this little purple book that affords me the ease of travel. But in answer to your question, I do think that there is a deeper reason as to why I'm motivated to continue with this work. And I don't really share this very often, or I haven't really shared it externally, but it's something that I've been kind of understanding myself as I understand myself better. And when I was a kid, we moved around quite a lot. We lived in Australia for a few years. And when I came back from Australia, I was seven and I had a really strong Australian accent. And growing up in Australia, I hadn't felt very much at home because my mum was Dutch, my dad was English, and I felt English because that's where I was born. But then by the time I came back to England, I'd been in Australia for a few years and I thought I was going home. I felt like I was going home. Anyway, I started at our local primary school in a little village in Kent, and I was very, very much the odd one out. I had a strong accent, as I said, and like people definitely, I, I had a difficult time. We started in the middle of, uh, of the winter in January, and I'd come from the middle of Australian summer. And, you know, not to, to compare my experience to that of someone um, of, of a refugee or an asylum seeker, but I think those words can be very divisive and, and we don't necessarily relate to them here in the West. But what we do relate to is that feeling of being new somewhere, starting a new school, starting a new job, feeling like the odd one out, feeling like you're unwelcome. That is a feeling that we do all resonate with, that we can all recognise. And what do we want in those moments? What do we need in those moments? We all know as human beings, what we look for is that moment of kindness or that person to help you to integrate and to feel like you're a part of something and 
actually, fundamentally, I think that deep down, it's that feeling that is really at the core of this work. I completely can see that. And actually, when you think about the Worldwide Tribe, I think the name really captures that as well. It's just, you know, we're all humans and, you know, let's treat each other with respect and love and compassion. And I, I completely hear that. And it's, it's really nice because it's sort of, I feel like it sort of is so inherent to you. It sort of exudes out from you, Jazz. And I think that's um, something that so many other people are inspired by. Hey, hang tight. We're not going anywhere. Our Everything is Better with Creators podcast will be right back after a word from our sponsors. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, podcast fam. Are you ready to break free from the social media rut? Hold on to your hatch because we've got just a thing for you. Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for leveling up your online presence. Whether you're a personal brand or a company, they've got the tools and know-how to take you to the next level. With Viral Growth, forget about those endless hours of video editing. They handle everything from brainstorming to polishing your content so you can just focus on being awesome. And guess what? We're hooking you up with a sweet deal. Use code ADWEEK for 10% off when you sign up. Ready to take your social media game to the next level? Head on over to viralgrowth.io and let's turn those digital dreams into a reality. When we think about... um what this podcast is really about. So, you know, we're really focused on the creator economy and what's incredible about the new creator economy is that it's giving a platform for every type of person from every background, every community, every lived experience, the opportunity to have a platform, have a voice, whether that's whatever they want to do with that. And so um, what I'm keen to understand from you is what do you think the next steps are for the worldwide tribe? Because I know you have, you know, a large Instagram following, you have your podcast. I think you've got a book coming as well, which perhaps you could tell us about, but are there plans for how you continue to expand this as a platform jazz or is it, is it day by day? How are you thinking about your community and this platform that you're building and growing? Yes. You know, it is very much changing all of the time, how that looks and how we communicate and connect as a community. It's been so transitional over the last seven years, the way that, you know, for example, in the last couple of years, we've really seen the rise of, of infographics and sharing these kind of actually getting our news and our media in a bite size, very accessible way. Um, I find that, you know, I'll, I'll find things out on, on social media. I've kind of curated my feed um, to give me kind of updates quicker than whether I'm kind of looking to mainstream media. What I'll do is I'll, I'll, I'll see that something's happened and then I'll go maybe to The Independent or The Guardian and find out a little bit more context. But actually it's, it's through social media and we've been using infographics. We're transitioning to use more real type format and TikTok style videos as people's attention spans get less as they're scrolling um, but absolutely, you know, we're constantly looking for ways to utilize these incredible, incredible, incredible platforms. Um, and that is 
ever, ever changing. So in the last couple of days, as an example, there's been a, a blackout of internet and Instagram and, and WhatsApp uh, in Iran. It's been difficult for people inside Iran to get their voices heard. So it's incredible to see how this community has come together to amplify the voices that can be uh, the, 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 the small amount of voices that are getting out there from Iran and the important things that we do need to hear are coming from this grassroots perspective. And that's just been a really, really wonderful thing to witness that we do have the power to elevate and amplify. So yes, the book is really, really exciting as well, because that's another format. Uh, and I think as many ways as we can hit with the same message, we will, whether that be through the podcast, if you're into getting your information in an audio format, or whether you're more visual on Instagram, or whether you are a reader, um, the book is an accumulation of, of 30 stories of, of those impacted by migration, whether that be people with experience themselves making these journeys or NGO workers or volunteers or people living in host communities. There's a whole host of different stories coming together to represent the impact of the global refugee crisis that we've seen over the last seven years and the people that I've personally met um, along this journey. But yeah, I feel excited, Emma, honestly, about how we can utilise this incredible digital space um, that, you know, is, is new to our generation, that we can connect with people from all over the world, that I'm talking directly to people in Iran or in Afghanistan as these things are unfolding and able to share their voices on our platform. And that is so powerful that we have that information literally in the palm of our hand. It really is. I mean, I, I know there's obviously there, there's, there's things like fake news, sadly, that's kind of doggedly very, very frustrating for everyone involved. But I think when you look at things with a positive lens, there's, you know, there's platforms and um, channels and, and, and content that, that people like yourself are, are producing and creating and capturing. That's just so important. And actually, you know, I know lots of different age groups engage with your content, but actually, especially for young people to have access to this type of information is so important sometimes living in places where just, you know, it's just so hard to actually get the truth. So I think that's, it is so important. And you've just got, I think it's probably just that continuing to do it because I can imagine for you, Jazz, I mean, I know you're, you know, you're doing things like your podcast and your book and you're really active in, in the community, but does this, does this take its toll? Because it feels like, you know, it's constant, isn't it? There's stuff happening constantly, whether it's Afghanistan or recently Pakistan, now Iran. There's constantly things happening that are so, there's just so much injustice. It, it Does this take its toll on you to a, to a degree? And how do you cope with that? Another great question. And I wish I had a better answer to say, this is how I do it. And I tick these boxes and I can deal with it that way. But unfortunately, that hasn't been the case and it has been a real real learning process over the years. Okay, where are my boundaries and what is my capacity and what is my impact or role within this and recognizing that it's limited, right? That yes, there is so much happening that I can't take on the responsibility of doing everything or trying to fix anything actually. All I can do is play my very small part, which 
has to fit within my capacity. So I've definitely got better at starting to put some boundaries in place when it comes to, you know, not taking my phone to bed and not having it as the first thing that I look to in the morning and just little rituals or routines like that, I think have been helpful when I don't have a uh, much of a structure, you know, because social media is 24 seven and there is often times, as you say, where things happen that are all consuming and that I feel them very viscerally and emotionally, but I never want that to, to go away because I think that's also a big part of what powers this work is to feel these things and the personal connection, you know, definitely amplifies the the feelings, the fact that my, I'm home with my four brothers at the moment and, you know, a lot of the things that come up um, relate directly to them, that they've experienced themselves personally. And I never want to be desensitised to that. Um, I do want to feel that and be connected to it. So it's, it is managing that. And that's been a process for me, Emma, and I can't say that I've got it right yet. And sometimes it is all consuming. And at the moment, in the last few days, it has been for me, that's the first thing that I think about when I wake up about Iran and what can I do today to to play my part, to to play my role, um, but recognising the limitations of that. Yeah, and I, I can imagine, yeah, you have to set yourself boundaries because you could just be constantly thinking about it because, you know, there's so much of, there's so many things happening and that, that come at you on a sort of daily basis. Are there other forms? So I, it, it's interesting, you know, I, and I mentioned the film that, um, I'd seen and you know quite often you know I I really you know I'm I'm quite interested and actually Jazz since I met you this has been a space that I've been really interested in and and wanting to contribute towards in in many ways um, and I often look for things that I find quite interesting in this space and I was I was actually listening to an interview uh, a couple of days ago with Ai Weiwei who was talking about his um a piece that he has which is a chandelier piece i don't know if you're aware of that but it is it's a monument to human loss and the refugee crisis and i thought that was really interesting actually and i think i i don't know if you know of, of many other artists that are creating really interesting pieces that speak to this complete crisis we have globally and and this sort of need for people to see it in a more humanized way are there any artists that are inspiring you that are inspiring your work at the moment and just interested to hear sort of culturally what's happening in this space as well yes yeah I know that chandelier it's made from bones isn't it is that the one that I weigh weigh yes yeah Yeah, really powerful and he's done some incredible work over the years his film human flow is another very impactful piece about migration and he was on lesbos and 2015 when we were there and there was just these graveyards full of life jackets that you know they were just piled high of orange life jackets and actually lots of really creative things came from using that orange fabric um lots of people using it to make bracelets or uh, my friends are a group called love welcomes they're a female run social enterprise in london and they make art from uh used life jackets that they've collected from places like Lesbos Um, and they make these beautiful wall hangings that say love in orange letters and what they're doing to repurpose those 
you know, those textiles that would otherwise not be being used, I think is really, really powerful. So they're a good example, actually. Um, but in terms of artists, uh, there are a few artists that are doing incredible work. And again, like social media and my Instagram feed is such a, a place of inspiration for me on that front. So there's my favorite page at the moment. I'd recommend anyone listening to follow. It's called Arabic Pop Art. And they, oh, it's, the aesthetic is just right up my street. It's bright and beautiful, but also very topical and a response to a lot of stuff that is happening within the Middle East, particularly. Um, that's a, a great one to follow. And a, another artist that I've recently been connected to is a, a, a man who, who paints murals called Shrine On. And that's another page I would recommend, Shrine On, his Instagram handle is. And he paints beautiful murals, but in places that have been impacted by conflict for the most part. And he, he I was connected to his work in Lebanon because he painted this beautiful communal community oven um, as part of this organization called The Great Oven. And they basically build these ovens, paint them, they look beautiful, and then they send them with it into communities um, as a form of food relief, but in empowering and enabling communities to support themselves um, with food. And it's just a really wonderful project, bringing people together around food. And it spoke to me because it brings together a lot of my favorite things, including food. And I ate from this oven. And uh, that was a really just a lovely moment where you see the power of art, of food, of connecting people, regardless of nationality or religion or gender or language that, you know, the things that do connect us and the, the nourishment that is art and food. Yeah, it is. It's such a, yeah, it's such a powerful thing, isn't it? Food and that whole, yeah, coming together. And yeah, I love that. Has there been anything that you've seen recently, Jazz, that you're like, that's really positive, like things are changing? Like, I, cause I know you've been, I know you've been traveling lately. Um, and I don't know whether I know, I, I think you've been close to, I think you were on the border of, of Ukraine. I, are there things that you've seen? I mean, I'm sure there's, a lot of things that you've seen and experienced that are, are not positive at all. <laughs> um, but are there things, stories, people, positive connections you've made or positive things that are happening that have made you think, oh, okay, this is good. There's a force for good happening here. Yes, absolutely. I'm inspired all the time and love to share those in empowering stories of like absolute incredible entrepreneurship or resilience that I see all of the time, Emma. So yeah, you're so right that I was on the Ukrainian border as part of this recent trip, recording the most recent season of our podcast, which was called The Journey. And I actually took the journey from following common migration routes. So from the Syrian border and also from East Africa to follow the East African journey back to the UK. And we documented stories of people along the way. And whilst we were on the trip, war broke out in Ukraine, which we would never have expected. And of course, we were documenting migration routes in Europe. Um, so it felt like it was very important to include this latest migration route of people fleeing Ukraine. So we spent some time on the Poland-Ukraine border. 
And there I did see the most incredible outpouring of support. So that was a really positive thing to see the world's resources there on the border and how we can, when we want to, come together and really respond in a dignified and beautiful and cohesive manner and that we can resettle people, we can send them on buses, we can receive them with hosting programmes in the UK that I wish and would love to see rolled out across other nationalities, for example, the Afghans and the Syrians who have been living in these camps or in these situations for a long time. So it can be done. And that was really positive. Um, But it did make me think about those other locations where we are not mobilising in the same way and we are not having safe legal pathways or providing these pathways for people to make their way to new countries. And one of those places is on the the Syrian border with Lebanon. And a nice story, a nice positive story that I can leave you with uh, from there is the story of a lady called Heba. And she's a Syrian lady and I met her uh, in the Bekaa Valley. It was freezing cold and she works in agriculture there. She's a widow. She lost her husband in the war and she's got five kids. And uh, she was, when I met her, just absolutely magnetic in the way that she had this just open warm authentic smile and this energy about her and I I said to her at the time you know like what's your secret how how are you feeling Uh, how are you radiating such such positivity and she replied and she said well you know what jazz like I I tried the other way I tried the alternative I tried being sad I tried being miserable for a long time for years you know and it was only making myself and my kids feel worse it was making us ill and one day I decided right let's try another way let's try the opposite what happens if I wake up and I make the decision right right point yourself in the direction of happiness let's see what happens let's smile through this day and see what happens and that's very much what she's doing and the impact that it's had on her is 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 big and profound and visible um and that really inspired me the ability for her to be able to do that and the strength that it takes to be able to do that you know i don't think many people could do that in that situation so heba is a is a great story i think for us to to finish with i love that story the, the strength of human character it's really it is really something isn't it um well jazz we're going to um we've got a new uh, element to our show where we start to introduce where we, we like to ask people uh, it's called swim sail and sink <laughs> so swim Love being it. working well sail being what's amazing or on the rise and sink what isn't working so I'm going to ask you swim what's working well it can be anything <laughs> oh, well I think what's working well right now is our online community is our social channels our incredible community of people on Instagram rallying together and sharing information and posting about Iran. I mean, the power in it that I felt in the last few days is completely overwhelming. And I'm I'm grateful to be a part of it, you know, and to be connected to so many incredible people. So yeah, I would say right now that is absolutely thriving. Amazing. Sale, what's amazing or on the rise? What's on the rise for me right now, I would say is a more of a personal one. And it's it's my own ability to authentically communicate uh, and, and do so fully and 
openly uh, and from the heart. Um, and that's something that I've been working on for a while, I think, to express myself in a way that feels real through the book, through social media. Um, and it hasn't always come naturally. You know, I'm not a particularly natural public speaker. Uh, and again, just tapping into my reason why when I do find myself in these positions where I'm on stage or in front of people talking about these issues to just remember, okay, yeah, this is why this feeling that feels very strong inside of me that I'm trying to articulate and communicate. And this information that I've been privileged to now understand and the people that I've had the honour of meeting, I'm doing this for them when it's not always possible for them to speak in those uh, environments personally. That's amazing, Jazz, and that yeah, that's that's really lovely reflection. And um, what isn't working? <laughs> oh, good question. <laughs> also, lots of things right now. Uh, my living situation, I think, is probably what comes to mind straight away. That I've been moving around so much that I need a bit of a base, and I need a bit of consistency and a bit of groundedness. So that's probably the one thing that I need to kind of navigate and work on in the immediate future, I'd say. You need to, to root yourself somewhere, which actually is probably such an important thing, isn't it? For most, for everybody. Jazz, you, to paraphrase, you are such a bright and beautiful person. Thank you for the work that you do. And for anyone listening, please, please do um, follow Jazz at Worldwide Tribe on Instagram, her podcast and her book, which is actually out on World Refugee G-Day, which is June 20th. That's right, Jazz, isn't it? That's right. Yeah, next year. It's going to come around quick. I need to write it first. (laughs) (laughs) Jazz, thank you so much for your time and energy. And thank you. And we'll speak to you hopefully again. Thank you, Emma. It's been a pleasure. Everything is Better with Creators is honoured to be part of the Adweek Podcast Network and Acast Creator Network. And we're grateful for your support. If you enjoyed the show, hit that subscribe button. And if you have a moment, we'd appreciate a rating and review. To keep up with all things Whaler and the latest in the creator economy, visit us at whaler.com and follow us on Instagram, Twitter and LinkedIn. This is Emma Harmon signing off for now. We'll catch you next time with another episode of Everything is Better with Creators, powered by Whaler. Thanks for tuning in. Hey there, podcast fam. Are you ready to break free from the social media rut? Hold on to your hatch because we've got just a thing for you. Meet Viral Growth your one-stop shop for leveling up your online presence. Whether you're a personal brand or a company, they've got the tools and know-how to take you to the next level. With Viral Growth, forget about those endless hours of video editing. They handle everything from brainstorming to polishing your content so you can just focus on being awesome. And guess what? We're hooking you up with a sweet deal. Use code ADWEEK for 10% off when you sign up. Ready to take your social media game to the next level? Head on over to viralgrowth.io and let's turn those digital dreams into a reality. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 